0: Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you.
0: Yeah, man. Um, We were just talking about this. It's been a little bit in our world. You guys have had the pleasure of getting us in your ears once a week we haven't seen each other in two weeks now a little bit more than that because
1: yeah we had we had some we had some travel stuff some schedule stuff and then we had thanksgiving and uh we wanted to keep it a little bit lighter uh, on the listening um for that week and so we're back live and yeah no it's it's crazy we we talk about this a little bit with our in our interview but when you have a routine when you're in it it feels comfortable. It feels good, right? And it feels like you are locked in. And when, even for a short time, when you stray from that, you can start to tell like, oh man, it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit harder. It's a little bit, you know, whatever. And that's, that's how it was a little bit for us today, even though incredible interview, incredible conversation, good stuff.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's a cool conversation for me. Mitchell Berkeley was a member of the very first team the cross country team that I worked with as a a mental skills kind of performance consultant. And he was uh, you know, a high school junior at the time that was five years ago, four years. I don't know, something like that. Um, And have been able to watch him kind of grow into the athlete and the, you know, from afar, I, it's not like I have a super close relationship, but I've gotten to be, interested in and in how he's competing on a consistent basis and uh it's been it's been awesome to to go from like he says in the interview you know first time he breaks 17 in the 5k which is you know it's like 545 a mile roughly maybe it's fast. a little bit slower than that he, he ran a 10k double that in like 508 a mile here at the end of his sophomore cross country season. Just think about that progression over the course of four years. When we zoom in on a single moment, we place a ton of importance on it and we look at it and we're like, Oh, that wasn't very good. But over time, when we do things with consistency, the the progress and the growth is real. And Mitchell uh, has, has been able to show me that from a distance, but I think he's able to shed some light on how it's happened also. In our interview, which was really cool.
1: Awesome stuff. Can't wait to share it with you. Here we go.
0: Mitchell Berkeley, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. Um, I have had the pleasure of working with you as an athlete. Um, and we got to go on a run together this summer. You you whooped my backside a little bit. You made it made it hard on me and you were going pretty easy. But welcome to the podcast. We're excited that you could join us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Um You are currently, uh, what at when I want to say, what year of eligibility are you? The COVID year has got me all confused. Yeah. So that's a
1: deep um, question going identity (laughs) question. You are what
2: Mitchell, you are what? No, sorry. Go ahead, Mitchell. Um, I mean, technically I'm a sophomore, um, like academically, but when you think about the COVID year, I'm like running wise, I'm a freshman.
0: Okay, so this was your first year of consistent competition. Yes, correct. And what do you run?
2: What do I run? Um, So we're doing, we just finished our cross season. Um, So a lot of 8Ks, did one 10K. We actually started the season off with a 6K. Um, So we've kind of bounced around, but uh, mainly 8Ks for the cross season. And then going into track here, uh, we don't really have an official track team for the men's side. Um, but we can still compete, um, just not in conference and regionals, but my coach kind of wants me to do, um, the indoor meets. He wants me to run the mile, the three K and the five K. And then for the outdoor meet, he'd like to ra- run me in uh two 10 Ks and also another five K. So,
0: yeah. So kinda... John, that's like three and a half miles, three, 3.2 is a five K six K is four.
2: Like six point
0: two. Oh yeah. Okay.
2: Oh, six
0: oh, yeah. K four
1: yeah. point something.
0: Yeah. 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 So 10 K six six point two.
1: I do appreciate two, two runners being able to pr- translate that into English for non runners like myself. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Um, no, no problem. So how did you feel like
0: your fall went as a, on the competition side?
2: Um, I guess I'll kind of start at the beginning. So, um, first race was that six K was kind of like a tune up, but just like, throwing me out there I didn't really know what to expect I was uh really nervous actually um because I didn't know like how I'd do where I'd be um like against the other competitors or on my team or anything but um got that race out of the way as a a really good race for me um and then as the season goes on obviously I kept making big gains in the in the 8ks that we ran Um, we ran two 8ks before conference um and conference was also an 8k um that was actually my pr there of um, 2635 or something like that um and then transitioning to regions they made it they uh, have it as a 10k um so i ran a let's see here 3155 just make sure my times are correct here just just um, a
1: little bit faster than my pr yeah just a touch
2: <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um just going through the season, it's just like, I don't know what to expect. Cause I am technically a freshman, if you will. Yeah. Um, but it was just a great experience. And obviously I'm, I still feel like I'm new to this, um, new to this sport. Um, but, and I have a lot to learn, so I'm really looking forward to that in the years to come.
1: What, what so, do you th-
2: Go ahead, John. No, I
1: was just going to say, so how, there's a lot of people that compete at, in all different sports and, and jobs and all sorts of things. How do you know that you have a lot to learn? Like where, where, when was that realization? Cause that's something that is a maturity thing that I think someone listening might say, Oh, he's a freshman in college. And he just said, he knows that he's got a lot to learn. Where does that come from?
2: Well, I was actually talking with a, a teammate of mine yesterday. Um, just like where we started, like, For me, the first time I broke 17 in a 5K was my junior year in the state meet. That was the first time I broke 17. Um, And now we just had like a time trial like a week and a half ago and I ran like a 15-17 in the 5K. So like there's already just huge jumps from then to now. And just looking at all my other competitors like in the conference, in the region, and then obviously nationals, like... I have so much more that I can do to get to that point. And that's obviously where I want to end up. So that's kind of what I meant by like, I have like more to give and more to learn. So.
0: So speak to this a little bit where that transition from high school, what you talk about, you know, I I don't break 17 minutes in the 5k until my last race of my junior season to you just ran 15, 17 in a time trial where you're not even really competing, you know, it's not the same adrenaline, like it's not that same thing. It probably go lower in a race. How does, what's the change? What's the big difference? And, you know, we can zoom in on the running side, but I'd like you a little bit to think about how does that translate to the rest of your life? Also, what's the bigger picture on that?
2: Mm -hmm. So honestly, the biggest thing is just consistency. And I feel like I talk about that a lot and I really learned that over the year um, here just from my coach and teammates, but consistency is the main thing, like the little things too, like um, kind of on the running side here, like just doing like the hips and core that we do, the lifting. Um, and then uh, obviously the miles that you put in, like the workouts and stuff. Um, and then not even on the running side, but like in life, um, just showing up to meetings on time. Or being early your classes, early to practice, um, leaving a good first impression. Just all these little things, like staying consistent, even making your bed in the morning. Like that, that really, like, it's, a, it's the first thing you do every day. It's just like, oh, already checked that off the list. So you just have those little lists, the consistent thing, things, and it just works out. So
1: Have you always had those things, those consistent routines or things, or when did that start for you?
2: Um, I have always been a really consistent person. I've had those routines. Um, but now it's just like, I've taken the next step. Like I do it almost all the time. Like in the past, like in high school, I'd say, Oh, I'll make my bed for like a week. Um, and then there'd be a few weeks where it's like, "Eh, just don't do it. You know? Um, and then just other things too, like schoolwork. It's like, okay, yeah, you put it off. In high school, it's like, yeah, you can do it. But in college, it's like it's a whole another thing. Like the education matters. Like you need to do everything on time, submit things by the due date. So it's like having a routine that works and doing all the little things right. is like what really works.
0: So I'm, I'm curious about this because I know the running load that you've, I, we worked with you as a junior, you know, that was my first year working with your guys' team. So my junior, senior year, I know how much you ran right? And there's mm-hmm. no offense to, to your cross-country team in high school, but it's not nearly as much as you're running now, right? Um, yep. And the demand is different, right? You're running 5Ks at the high school level, you're running 8Ks and 10Ks at the collegiate level. The time commitment to running is totally different, right? You're running instead of a 40-minute workout, you have an hour and a half workout, you know, sometimes, right? Yep. So how does that, change the discipline necessary in the rest of your life?
2: Good question. Um, (laughs) So like just having like longer workouts and just like being more involved in running and it takes up so much more time really means you have to focus on the other things like um, doing your work on time, going to like any appointments or anything you have throughout the day. Um, So you really have to be like, in control of like your time. Like you have to manage your time. And I have struggled with that in the past. My dad would rip on me for it. Like time management, you need to work on that and come college, I think. And just like being on your own kind of learning, um, you really do understand the value of time and then some things matter more than others. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. I, we, we get into this habit as humans where it's like, I want to do everything. I want to be everywhere. I was, um, I got a email from, I don't remember. I think it was Ryan holiday newsletter or something. He's like family work scene. You you can only give good effort to two things when he says family, right? Your relationships in your life, whether that's good friends, family, your work, the time you put in for you, it might be running in school or the scene that you want to be a part of. Maybe you want to, you know, like some kids want to go out and party and have that kind of lifestyle maybe the scene that you're in is i don't know um a book that you're really into or a tv show that you're really into but you can only give so much of your time because things are going to fall apart things are going to to stumble and you want to go and compete at a high level we all want to work and excel at a high level you have to be able to differentiate between what are the things that I'm actually going to give my energy and my effort to i struggle at this right i want to do a million things all the time i'm i'm really excited about something and all it takes up all this energy and time in my brain. And then one of those other two things kind of falls apart. And so I so I ask you, who is it in your sphere right now that is helping you with the the running specific part, the the work part of the family work scene thing? Because running right now is kind of a job for you. Who is giving you that next level kind of stuff?
2: Um honestly just my coach and then my teammates, because like we're all there for that reason. Um, my coach is there to do his job. They coach us and my teammates are there to like support one another. And that's what we do. So like um, what I really do that helps me also kind of like separate everything um, is I separate my school, my family and my running. It, it's kind of hard to explain. Maybe not. But um, like when I go to class, I show up. I'm in that moment. I'm in school, but then when it's time to practice, it's like, okay, switch the mind. Now it's time to practice time to focus. And my teammates are there to help me. If I like, am not really in it. Like if I'm not in it on the workout or something like that, but I can just really rely on them a lot to do that.
1: So here's the, here's the secret sauce question, right? Cause that's a great answer, right? I'm going to be present. When I go to class, I'm going to be present. When I go to practice, how, how do you do how? that, or is that something that comes naturally? Because some people, like my wife, is one of the best compartmental I, compartmentalizers that I've ever been around. She can go to a meeting and it can go terrible, and then walk out the door and she's on to the next thing because she has to be right, and that's just how her brain works. And so some people can do it naturally; others of us, like and me. I have to try to learn skills and techniques and strategies to do that. So which is it for you? And if it's the strategies, what do you do?
2: I think for me, it just comes like more naturally. Um, And just like kind of the repetition. Um, Like I've kind of been doing this for a couple of years now, like college or whatever. So like you get in a routine, you get like, you you, you know how it works. Um, I guess that's the, most like most I can give you. I don't know. It just I found what works for me. Um, it just like once, like say school's over, say so you do bad tests or something, like it's over. Like you can't change what's gonna happen now. Like you can only wait until you get the results back, and then things can happen. But it's like it's over. So it's like now you have to look to the next thing, and yeah.
1: Well, and I think I think you said it right. It's routine. The more you do it, the more it becomes, Jamie, routinized. I feel yeah. like you've used that routine. Yeah, that's Seems a, like one of my fake favorite word, fake <laughs> word, but it becomes routine, right? And so now when I ask you that question, right, it, it yeah, it feels natural and I'm not saying it, it, hasn't always been natural for you, but the more you do it, anything, the more routine it becomes, the more natural it feels, the more right it feels. And so when you're doing it in a way that is helpful to you, where you say, I'm going to be present right now in this thing, and then I go to the next thing, Right. The more you do that over and over the more it does just happen right and yeah exactly
2: yeah because like say say like an assignment or test goes bad um and you practice and you have like a really like important workout if you are still worrying about that test and the workout doesn't go well then it's kind of like you're starting of a spiral or something downward spiral so it's like you really need to separate them if you want to like do well and kind of be successful. And it is hard to do. Like, I'm not saying like, Oh, I say I've done that on a test. Like it has led into my workout. So I'm not saying like, you have to be perfect all the time because like things happen, but.
0: Well, I was just reading a Brene Brown book. Who's, you know, awesome. Um, but she says, if, if you're feeling like you need perfection, right? If perfectionism is involved, your shame is riding shotgun, right? Is what she says, and so like bringing that. I have to have this perfect practice, even though I, have, you know, like you just talked about, you're, it's going to happen from time to time. You're going to carry that tough thing into the next thing. But I think you're so right. Is this this reality that if we want to be able to come with our best performance, come with our best whatever when we need it, we have to put in good time right we have to put in quality time when we're at our workout and so does the test matter for our workout no right and that's that's being able to take control of our thoughts john even just mentioned it in, in one of our most re- recent episodes right this is kind of what we're based on control your thoughts you're going to control your emotional response your emotional response helps control your physical response and the outcomes that you put down when you're when you're at practice and so being able to control those things is vitally important. One of the things that we talked about this summer on our run that I just was so encouraged by is how close you've gotten to your teammates in a relatively short time. I would imagine they help when you get to practice and something is kind of going wrong. Running is a lonely sport, a lonely thing most of the time, but cross-country distance running is lonely. Maybe let's say that not sprinting, but distance running is a lonely thing how does your team help all of that because that's it's a huge question i know but it's an awesome thing
2: so like what you said like um it is like a lonely sport um and i've gotten to know these guys kind of like real quick and i've really gotten to know them well um but when you're out there with them running like 15 16 mile long runs like for like two hours like you you're not just gonna like run in silence. Like you obviously have to talk about something (laughs) and then you're obviously like lifting and doing other sorts of workouts with them. Um, But you just really get to know them on a more personal level. And you do have those um, like deep and meaningful conversations because that helps you connect more um, as a person. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing is like if you're on a team that can really relate to one another and like know what everyone's feeling, like you don't need... Me and my like training partners, we don't have to say anything when we're doing a workout, but we can like, we're on the same level, same page. So it's like, we're same action, same motion, same thought. It's just, it's crazy to think that it can happen like that when we've been running with each other for like a year, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's, it's awesome.
1: So I, I maybe you've thought about it, maybe not, but what, what's the next layer there? Because obviously the physical... Um, we got to go run. We're going to be together for two hours and we're going to talk. Right. But how do you get to that point so quickly? Because I think that's, that's what most athletes and teams are lacking is that connection. Jamie says it all the time. Loose connections create strong bonds. Right. But how do you get there? What, what is it about this experience for you that is different than other experiences that you've had in the past?
2: Mm -hmm. um just being vulnerable i know a lot of people don't like to hear that um especially me but (laughs) if you want to make that next step and go deeper into it you have to be vulnerable like you have to share some of the uncomfortable things and the awkward things that you don't want to talk about but that's how you really connect and know like my teammates and i we relate so much like just with running obviously but then once you peel it back another layer like we have the same like problems or just other things that that have happened in our lives that are like almost the exact same um but it's just that first step of being vulnerable and just like sometimes like we share too much but i think it's it's really good because like we know um one another and like we trust one another like building that trust too also helps a lot
0: i wanted to just dive in on that a little bit you talked this summer and something just stuck with me Big time, as you said, you can notice when somebody isn't feeling well emotionally because of their gait or their stride pattern. Like you guys run together so much, you're around each other so much that you can kind of tell, hey, something is up because something is off physically here. I think that's so crazy that that, and I, I, I don't really have a question in this. I just thought it, it was really important to to mention how that deep connection, that deep trust, that thing that you're talking about, when we go and get vulnerable, I actually can tell that something is wrong when I shouldn't be able to tell that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. I can tell by the way that you're running. And then it's an avenue to ask a question because we're going to be out here for another 45 minutes or,
2: you know. yeah. Cause like, especially on workouts, um, I know my freshman year coming in, I had two guys that I was um, really good workout partners with. So it was us three always doing workouts. Um and then this past year, um I switched to a different workout partner or I got or I had a new one or something. Um, but then him and I like always did workouts together. And like when you do harder workouts, like um you have to be like mentally in it, like prepared. And like what you said, when you're not, you can tell like if the breathing's off the stride length. And I could actually really tell like with my workout partners um in the past and the one I just had now, like I think the biggest thing is the breathing. It's like they get tired more quickly because they're either like thinking about something else or just they're not their heads not in it, basically. Um, but yeah, you can definitely tell when something's up.
1: Well, and it goes back to what you were talking about before, where you're going to be present and being present means paying attention on purpose. Right. And so you start to notice those things. And I, so many of us go through life and, and sometimes we are present. And we notice those things, right? But it's the consistency, like you talked about, of going, being present where I'm at right now in this conversation. Even though I've got another meeting in a little bit, Jamie's got to go take care of his daughter and his wife. You probably have homework, right? But it's being present in this moment and and enough to notice that there's something going on. I think that's, that's a really cool thing that you have developed, and it and it has carried from your your experience. And, and athletic ability to now noticing it in other people. I think it's just a really exceptional skill. So
0: how does, how does that develop in a meaningful way? Like I just think about people listening, going, okay, you guys run together all the time. Do you have that in other things? Like, do you have that in other places with other people?
2: I mean, yeah. Cause like, yes. So, I, I have like a, a math study group that I go to a lot, like just um, friends that are in my classes and stuff. And then obviously we can't just talk about math the whole time because that's boring and they like kind of nerdy. But <laughs> um, we talk about other things like just hanging out with them and then getting on more of like an emotional level with them too. It's like, it doesn't have to like just be in running. It can be with like, honestly, anyone, like if you find a group that you think works and you like kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Be vulnerable. Um, you can have same like chances, opportunities as well.
1: So you were breaking up a little bit there, but I think what you said was, if you find that group that it works, and you are willing to be vulnerable, put yourself out there, you're going to see that growth and that development and that bond. Yep.
2: Exactly exactly
0: so what's uh, what are some goals going forward for you um you know you said thirty one fifty five, i believe in the 10k at the regional uh not quite a national qualifying time what's what's going forward for you in terms of in the cross-country realm do you have concrete specific goals that you're working towards you know you said you're a freshman eligibility wise got a few years to meet those those goals what are you thinking about how do we how do we get there
2: Next year in Crow I want to be conference uh this year. Um so I was seven places away. Um and then regions, I wanna be like all regions, that's top twenty-five, I believe. And I was 63rd this year, so I got the, the um shake off shave off a big chunk of time. Um but and then obviously like the five K I want to be like sub fifteen and I think I am in sub fifteen shape. Um, but it's just getting that competition, racing against other people. I think I can definitely do that. Um, but going forward, like how am I gonna do this? Um definitely just staying consistent, doing little things, kind of like what I talked about, because I've already made um big growth of doing this already for a year. Um, if I add another year on top of that, have a good summer um workout training and stuff, I can obviously keep getting better. So what, uh,
0: what's a m- typical week mileage wise right now for, for you? Let's, let's go um, kind of your, your, your ebbs and flows a little bit, I would imagine, but what's that, what's a high mileage week? What's a low mileage week? Just so people get some sense of bearing here.
2: Yeah. So peak mileage, hundred percent mileage week is 70, um, 72, somewhere around there. Um, and then typically we hit, like peak, peak mileage for two, three weeks and then drop down to like 80, 85% um, do that for a week and then go up to peak again for maybe two, two weeks. And then when like competitions and start stuff starts coming up, then we just kind of keep it at that 80, 85%. Um, so it's like 60 miles ish um, for me. Um, and then obviously we have like lifting um, twice a week, i um, doing three times a week actually right now because I'm actually on my two-week break of running um, to kind of let my body rest and recover, even though I don't really want to. Uh, I definitely need it. Um, and then obviously we keep doing like the abs and the core, um, hip stuff um, when we're not lifting in season. So, I mean, kind of like just what I said, it's a lot to uh, like people listening, but you have to start somewhere. Um, I started at, like, what, 30 miles in high school, maybe? And I slowly built up. Like, you can't just make that jump overnight. Definitely. Um, so You just have to,
1: like, so. Yeah, no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But so th- those are the physical things. I mean, you talked about reflection. How do you reflect? Uh, I mean, you have to let your body recover. And you take some breaks, a couple of weeks off, or you you uh, dial it back to eighty five percent. How about the reflection side of it in terms of the mental side? Are you guys doing anything you personally or you as a team where you kind of are looking at the reflection from the mental side?
2: Um, so the mental side, I know, like before meets, um, our coach gives us like a sheet to kind of fill out, like what's your race plan, like what's your strategy. Um, Just to get your mind, like, thinking about that. And then up until race time, like, after we hand it in a few days before, it's, like, we don't think about it at all. Um, Just so, like, we keep our mind off it. Because the more you worry about something, I feel like the more you're, like, stressed about it, then you get really nervous, and then you just don't perform as well. So we think about it a little bit um, for race week, and then turn it in, that's that. And then you wake up on race day, and it's, like, okay, now we can start thinking about and getting ready in for races. And then like just in general for the mindset, um, I don't I don't really have a good like explanation of like what I do or anything. Um I'm just like present, I'm in the moment. Um, if that just makes sense, because it just it just comes natural to me now. I don't know. I just like when practice starts, it's like, okay, mentality, flip the switch, it's it's time to go.
1: Hey, don't apologize. That's awesome. That's awesome yeah so can
0: i <laughs> if you're not focusing on meets like what are you focusing on yeah through the course of the week okay we're gonna have a race plan w- where does the focus turn to if it's not about okay i'm gonna go and run this race at this place with these people with this competition i think we all get really caught up yeah. in this is who's gonna be there this is what the course is gonna look like this is how far it is what do you what's your focus if it's not those things
2: yeah, so if it's not a, not a race week, um, honestly, just focus on the workouts because we know that these workouts are going to um, excel us and do even better in these meets. So we get a, a weekly workout plan, and um, we kind of take a look at the work workouts ahead. Um, like Monday, say we'll have, like, a tempo or something. Tuesday, we might have, like, some intervals. Um, and then Wednesday, Thursday, we can kind of – recuperate um give her mind a little bit of a break um and then friday it's like pr- usually the hardest workout of the week um usually i mean it depends like what point of the season we're at too like what we do but i know like leading up to a lot of these races like conference region we do a lot of like k's um, like five or six by k at like 5k pace with some like 400s and 200s and stuff um at my pace or something but you just really have to look forward to those workouts because that's how you're going to get better.
0: I love it. I love it. Look forward to the workout when most people dread the workout, right? That's the difference. I, to me, as I work with athletes, like low level athletes, high school athletes, they know that they have to do the workout, but they might dread the workout. You're like, no, like focus on the workout, make the workout great, have a great workout. Now I know that that's going to be the thing that transitions into, um, having a great time come meet day. And, uh, what, what great advice that is. I don't know what the workout is for a lot of people out there, right? What's the workout for your day to day, you know, and it might not be, that Monday and Tuesday are a little different Wednesday and Thursday. We get a little rest Friday goes real hard. Like it might be the workouts every day and the hard parts every day. And how do we stay in it? Right. How do we stay consistent? Like you talked about, it's a really, it's a really great challenge that sport just like we get to zoom in and say, this is how we do it as an athlete. And it helps us. It grows us. It makes us better. Why don't we do it in the rest of our life? I just don't know sometimes, but, um, Maybe it's just not that easy, Mitchell. Grateful you could join us. Thanks for sharing about your season. We are uh, fans of yours, obviously, and uh, you know Luke sends me messages every time you run about how it went. So uh, I'm I'm right there with you, kind of enjoying it from afar. So thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a great experience,
1: Jamie. We were joking before we hit record here after our conversation with Mitchell, but about the takeaway is being a little bit uh, like a t-shirt we could put the stuff that he said today the stuff that he really dug into on a t-shirt and it's and it's core to what it means to live eyes up to have an eyes up mindset and it just makes my heart happy to hear him say those things and and to live those things
0: the coolest thing that i thought about is like i don't know i don't it's just there like it's a natural thing and yeah the I know a little bit about his family and like, yeah, he's probably had some discipline in his life, you know, where it's been get up, do your job, put in the work, be consistent. Like those things are awesome. But at some point you have to internalize it from the external piece, you know, and we aren't always going to get it from a family member. We're not, you know, you might get it from a podcast where it's like, okay, how do I internalize this thing? Well, it's be consistent, right? Do the action with consistency. Mitchell talked about that, right? It's be present, be in the moment, understand that you got to flip that switch and say, the thing that just happened, isn't that important. The thing that's in front of me is the thing that I'm can control right now. And then be vulnerable and grow relationships, connect with people, right? Be, be consistent, be present, be vulnerable. It's a t-shirt. It's an awesome t-shirt. I'd probably buy it. Maybe we'll get it out there for you and like, just have Mitchell Berkeley on, on the bottom as, as our, slogan right but it's it's simple it's just not easy right to do all those things it is simple to go and be vulnerable right it might might not be easy in the moment though it's simple to say this is what happened this is what i'm struggling with we have the words we just don't have the courage sometimes well what a cool thing to be a part of a group that allows you to do that And the thing that I loved in that was like, no, you have to take the first step sometimes.
1: Yeah. I also, I don't want people to listen and and be discouraged because he talks about it coming naturally and it's part of his routine, right? I don't, if you're out there listening and you're like, yeah, cool. I still, when I screw something up at work, I go home and as soon as my kid or my spouse or my car breaks down, I lose it because I'm letting that thing carry over. That's what we all do that. And so what can you do? And he talked, I mean, even though he said, I don't really know what I do. You could hear him going through like his thoughts, right? The self-talk was there. It's like, no, I got to be present. I got to get the most out of my preparation because this isn't going to help me. It doesn't, there's nothing I can do. Those are all things that subconsciously right now are going through his head that helps him flip that switch. You might have to do it consciously. Sometimes I have to. Sometimes the drive home from work or the walk home or whatever, you find the time that you can make that transition and and think about those thoughts and those words that you're saying to yourself.
0: But every skill, every skill for forever was initially a conscious learning skill. Like we have to do it consciously and eventually we can do it unconsciously, right? And then it becomes automatic for a long period of time. They say it's like riding a bicycle. Like that's a, a phrase. It's a cliche for a reason. At first, it was a very conscious, difficult, challenging process. It becomes rote, memorized in our body through repetition. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't take very long. The second you step back on, it's maybe a little bit weird. It's a little bit strange, but bam, you're in rhythm and you can do it again. The skill developments part of it is messy. We have to be willing to be okay with that. And we can't articulate what that feels like when it's gone because it's no longer there. And I think that's probably where Mitchell's at is like, I don't have to deal with that anymore because I've done the work to get to this place where I now flip the switch and it's time to go.
1: And then the, the last thing kind of that he talked about was focus and make the preparation great. Yeah. Look forward to the preparation. Something that we all know, right? You, again, another cliche, it could be on the t-shirt of, you know, fall in love with the process. Yeah. And it's like, uh, the reason that's cringy is because it's true, right? I bristle when I hear that because I know that I struggle with that, right? And I know that it's true. And so we can can write it off as cliche or not, but we need to continue to be reminded that it is in the process, it's in the preparation. And if we can fall in love with that process, the outcomes, whatever that is, is going to take care of itself. I
0: just absolutely love it, right? I love it. Like, I just... I know the answer to the question when you say, Hey, you're not focused on the course. You're not focused on who's there. You're not focused on, and those things will creep in. They're just, we're humans. Like it's natural. We're going to have some of those thoughts creep in. I was a wrestler. We know everyone. That's the wrestling communities. You literally know everybody all the time. It's a little bit of a brotherhood and you just know them. You're like, Oh, they're going to be there. I got to wrestle them today. No, no. Who cares? What do I do? Well, What am I consistently good at? Bring that stuff to the table. I'm probably going to be okay. It's hard. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, But it's worth it. It's worth it to bring it to the process on a day-to-day basis. And like I said, I don't know what that is for us in our work, in our daily lives, right? It might be easier to do when there's a competition looming a week and a half from now. You got 10 days. Okay, that's the big moment. That's the inflection point. We don't know when they're always coming. Be ready all the time.
1: You can also build that in, right? And yeah. it doesn't always work. You can you can schedule those things for yourself if you're doing it intentionally. If you're just letting it happen, we don't certainly know when it's gonna happen after the sport, after the games are done, right? But there are ways a little to- longer, a little
0: longer out today, but I think you just made an amazing point. Schedule it for yourself. Like we talk about being intentional. Okay, this Friday is gonna be a big day this Friday, I, I'm going to get this thing that I have. It might not be due for a long time. It might not. I'm going to get it. Rough draft is here done. I'm going to get it to somebody to look at, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to present this thing. I'm going to have somebody else. I'm going to present it to a best friend or to some, to a colleague today. Like I'm going to schedule that so that I'm on right on that day. I'm going to have the stuff prepared. That's being intentional. That's it's living a life with purpose. And, uh, It's a good reminder for me also.
1: We appreciate you listening and joining us on this episode and all of the other ones that you listen to. It would be an incredible help for us. If wherever you're listening, you would hit the subscribe button or the follow or click on review and write something that you got from this, what you think about the show, what you think about Jamie and I and our ridiculous hair or hats or backgrounds, whatever, (laughs) only for watching on youtube then otherwise you know it'd be kind of weird because you won't know what to write but we would love to have you review right and we appreciate you joining us jamie as always i appreciate you and as always the up